welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to A Court of Three Strands. Last week, we began a four-part series on the work of the people by talking about worship. And today we're going to talk about evangelism. Yes, evangelism. So worship last week, evangelism this week, next week on spiritual warfare, and then uh, the care of God's people um, wrap out our our four-part series in the church. And um, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. Run... Would you define what evangelism is? That's a good, uh, good, uh, good question. So uh, King Jesus, again, back to this idea that Jesus is our king. Um, he has established a kingdom, and we are his assembled people, that the part of his assembly and his kingdom, um, which is the ecclesia. So, so our king wants his people to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel, and that's what evangelism is. Now. Yeah. The big question is... Yeah, tell me what is the content of this proclamation we ought to be making? Excellent. So let's, let me start with, with gospel, right? So um, gospel is a technical term that was used um, in the time of the Greco-Roman days, right? And, and it, essentially, it was a gospel was not just good news, because I think most people translate gospel is good news. Mm-hmm. Um, good news was a specific, or the gospel is a specific type of good news. And that good news was the birth uh, of a king, the coming of a king, or the victory of a king. And, you know, one of those three things and the benefits that come with it. So when Jesus is telling his disciples to spread the gospel, it's Jesus, it's the gospel of Jesus, right? The good news of Jesus. So that the content of proclamation is um is fairly long and, and what I thought we could do Allison is we can go through something uh that um I'm I'm hoping that most of our audience or a lot of our audience is familiar with. It. Yeah. It's called the Roman Road. Um there's many ways to present the content of the gospel of Jesus Christ and I think the Roman Road is a is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. So so let's start with this. So the very beginning, I would say, of the gospel, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, right? All have mm-hmm. sinned and come short of the glory of God. Part of the content of the gospel, in order for us to really understand the good news of Jesus Christ, is we have to first know the bad news. The bad news is that we're sinners, meaning um, we have rebelled against God, we have disobeyed God, 
Um, we have fallen short of his um, uh, desires for us, uh, in terms of our morality, in terms of the direction of our life, in terms of our obedience to him, all those kinds of things. And Romans 6.23, the wages of sin, that is, what we have earned by sinning is death. Mm-hmm. Right? So get the wages of sin is death. In other words, um, it's, it is the, the consequence of our sin. In other words, what we justly deserve, a wage, of sinning is death. And that's the bad news. So the beginning of the gospel has to be an understanding that we're sinners and that we're separated from God because of sin and that leads us that leads to death. So you know, I we mentioned before like it's it's the, the our king wants the his people not only to proclaim the gospel but also demonstrate the gospel. Mm-hmm. So what I want to do is as we're going through the Romans road a little bit talk about proclamation and demonstration. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're to proclaim that we are sinners in the sight of God. We've fallen short of his glory. Um, that is the the intent God had for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the wages of sin is death. We, we're, we're to proclaim that. Um, the way that's demonstrated should be that, uh, that the people in the church um, acknowledge it, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if, um, if I'm a Christian and someone comes to me and says, hey, buddy, you did this. And it was it was very offensive to me or very wrong. It was you 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 know whatever it might be. My reaction should not be, well, that's impossible. I'm a Christian. I don't do this. Mm. Or <laughs> does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. It, it should be like I know that I am very capable of sinning because I'm a sinner. It would not, right? Mm-hmm. If I if I didn't do that, it was only by God's grace. So man, I am so sorry. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Right. So part of the demonstration of the gospel of Jesus begins with just Christians uh, admitting that they're sinners. And we, we, we can't pretend that we're not. Now we're saved. We've been forgiven. That's great. We're still sinners. Mm-hmm. On, on the other hand, right, um, we, we also know that sin's bad. So we're going to try not to sin. Um, but not in a way that so that um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not in the way that separates us from other people. Okay, so one of one of my pet peeves is is this. There, are, I think, some traditions within Christianity that really emphasize sanctification. That is, that um, as we progress in Christ, that we sin less and less, or that that should be the expectation. Mm. Um, I find that to be kind of true. I think at at the as we grow and grow closer to Christ and and conform to His image, um, one we probably actively don't sin that much, but I become more and more aware that I'm a sinner. Right. Right, right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So at at twenty, I felt like I was a pretty holy, righteous guy. At fifty five, I probably am more righteous than I was when I was twenty. But man, I know I'm a sinner way better than I did when I was twenty. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So the more I mature in Christ, the more sanctified I become, the more conscious I am of my own sin. 
mm-hmm. which would say that I'm, I might sin. Mm-hmm. And, and if someone accuses me of sin, I'm not going to try to defend myself. I'm, I'm, I want to make sure I'm right with that other person and, and get to the bottom of the sin so I can confess it and be made right, not only with that other person, but also with God. Mm-hmm. So in, in some parts of Christianity, which teaches more that we should be not sinning because we're Christians, what we tend to do is try to do things so that we won't sin. In other words, it's not affecting our hearts. We're staying the same. We're the same person. It's just that we're changing our circumstances so we're less likely to sin. And the greatest way we can do that, ready? Listen to this, is we can hang out with only people who are like me. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm only people with people who are like me, I, it's a way in which I'm loving myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love these people. See how what a loving person I am? Well, they're just like you, right? Um, I am going to be more apt to sin when I'm with people who really annoy me, who are going, I'm going to lose my patience with them. I'm going to get frustrated with them. They're, they hate me or they don't like me. Mm -hmm. They're going to try to sabotage things I do. I might even be tempted to sabotage them. Right. And now if, if, if you're my eight year old son or something, I might tell you, you shouldn't be with those people. Right. That's a wise thing to say to an eight-year-old, but I'm a grown adult, mm-hmm. right? I'm a grown man. I shouldn't be avoiding people because I'm afraid I'm going to sin. I should, I should be confronting my sinfulness with the gospel. Mm-hmm. I'm a sinner and I need saving. And I should be trying to love the person who's not like me. And I'm going to fail at that a lot. And, and that's what's going to show me again that I'm a sinner. And that's also going to make me conform more and more to the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. to his image, right? So what I'm saying is, is that the way that the church demonstrate this aspect of the gospel, which is the bad news, you're a sinner, is that we should be people willing and ready to confess our sin, to acknowledge that we're sinners. Mm-hmm. And that um, our desire to be holy shouldn't make us uh, jerks who don't love people who are not like us. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. I should be with sinners that the, the annoying people, I need to love them. Right. In some ways, the difference between us and them is what we do about our sin. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Not whether or not we sin, not whether or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this becomes hard. Like when you I, put your identity as being some sort of a good person, and the moment you're going to put in a position in which you blow it, oh, it's, that's a bad, I mean, it's a bad scene, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's, it's better just to get done with the pretenses. You're, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm going to sin. I'm going to make mistakes. And I, I, I shouldn't allow that uh, to, to change the way or the desire for me to love uh, my neighbor. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, man, that my neighbor is a, a sinner, I should avoid them. <laughs> no, they're a sinner. You should love them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you should do your best to try to love them and to pray for them and to be with them. And, and, and you might blow it. That's okay because there's good news coming. Right. Yeah. Because if we move on with Romans six twenty three, it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay. What we earn 
from our sin is death. But the gift of God, that's something freely given. It's not conditioned upon me or my good works or anything about me. It's, it's only because God is good and God loves that he gives us this free grace, this gift, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, what is, what is the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ? What, how, does that, how, does that demonst- how does that proclamation demonstrate in the life of a Christian or in the church? Well, I think one is we need to be the kind of people who want all types of people to be saved. Understanding it's a gift, mm-hmm. so I I will I will I've done this experiment before, <laughs> and that is this: I gather people together, and I ask them, "Who are people that we should be praying for that they receive Christ?" Almost all of them know people who are they're practically like us now; they just need Jesus, and that's who they want to pray for, mm-hmm. right? And and rather than understanding. No, salvation is a gift. It's not because you earn it or you're you're almost good enough or something mm-hmm. like that. It is it is for the it is the good news for the vilest sinner and the people just like you. It's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- I think part of it is a way that that the gospel is demonstrated in our churches should be that we are um, willing to share the gospel with everyone whether they are they seem to quote unquote deserve it or not mm-hmm. no one deserves the gospel it's a free gift mm-hmm. it's it's grace right um so so that's that's part of it and the, and the second is is this um because god gives it as a gift uh and it's it's this um indiscriminate so to speak it's it's um it's not earned right we we should understand ourselves as um, very fortunate people, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I'm saved by God, and my neighbor isn't, is nothing to boast about. I because I didn't earn my salvation; mm-hmm. God gave it to me for free. Rather, what it should do is inspire within me this or. Uh, um, a, a deep, deep sense of gratitude that I have this gift where, where I'm, I've been forgiven, I've been accepted by God Almighty, and I'm going to live forever with him, and it's such an amazing thing, and I deserve none of it. I, I, should, be, I should be the most, Christians should be the most humbled people on the planet, mm-hmm. right? Meekness, humility, um, and, and, and be able to share with, with their neighbor this is <laughs> this gospel's for you too. Right. This gospel for so so the gospel's proclaimed starts with we're sinners. We deserve death and hell. The good news is that salvation comes as a gift and this should all be demonstrated through our, our willingness to admit our sin, willingness to to show that we're sinners or understand we're sinners and a deep humility um, and gratitude because it's been given to us as a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, that Those things should be demonstrated in our lives. If people look at the church and they see people who are 
not so peculiar, arrogant, uh, holier than thou. That's that's not a good demonstration of the gospel. Mm -hmm. uh, even if our proclamation is right, and our but our demonstration is off, it's it's not as it's very off-putting. Yeah. Right. So our proclamation for us to pro proclaim it well, uh, it ought to be seen in the lives of the believers um, all the same. So the question then that comes is, well, then how, does, how do we receive this gift and what does it have to do with Jesus? <laughs> That's this. God demonstrated his own love toward us and that while we were sinners, still sinners, Christ died for us. That's Romans 5.8. God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the wages of sin is death. What, what we earn for sinning is death, and death must occur. What God did was he sent his son Jesus to die on our behalf. So the gospel is that Jesus took on the punishment for our sin even though he was sinless. And the way he did that is he took it all on and was sacrificed on the cross, died. Death came to him, and he carried all the sin on of the world, past sin, present sin, future sin. He can do this because he's also divine. Mm -hmm. He's God, right? He's eternal. He took it all on himself and received the punishment for that sin and gave us, in exchange, his own righteousness. So that when... Uh, God, who is our judge, sees us. He sees in us the righteousness of Jesus and sees that the punishment of our sin has been taken care of by his own son. So how, how then do we receive this gift? Romans 10.9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. In other words, it's faith. We confess it like I am a sinner, God, and I believe that Jesus really is your son and that he died on the cross. He was dead, and he died for my sin, and he's carried my sin away, and that you've raised him from the dead. And that's that's the, the content of the gospel that we need to be saved. But you, you don't just believe it in your heart. <laughs> it's also confessed with the mouth mm -hmm. that we we say it aloud to the congregation we say it aloud to our elders that we might be brought into the to his church um uh in you know a couple verse later is romans 10 13 everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved so that, that's good mm -hmm. so then um there's a there's a few things here that that this means so romans 5 1 therefore since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let me break this down a little bit. But part of the content is this. Because we have believed in Jesus and what he has done on our behalf, he's taken our sin um, and he's given us his righteousness. That means that we are right with God. That's what the word justified means. Mm -hmm. We're justified. And it's through faith. In other words, it's not because of what I've done. Once again, it's faith in what Jesus has done. Mm -hmm. Right? We've confessed with our mouth that that, that is, his. Um, and because of that, we have peace with God. God's wrath isn't on us anymore. We have peace with Him through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Okay, so so how does this how does this work in terms of a demonstration of the gospel? So this is our proclamation. We we speak this. We tell people this um, that we can be justified through faith and have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there's a couple things. One is we can't be people who are seen looking like we're trying to earn brownie points to please God, right? Mm-hmm. We're not Mormons. We're, we're not Jehovah's Witnesses. We're not any other religion that tries to say that you're only acceptable because of the good works you do. That's not true at all. We're saved only by faith in Jesus Christ. I admit these things. I'm a sinner justly deserving his wrath. But number two, Jesus died for me. And now he's raised at, and it sits at the right hand of the Father, intercedes for me. And I have salvation. I'm made right with God. I have peace with God only through Jesus. Mm-hmm. My good works don't count for anything. So a part of the way that the people of God then proclaim is uh, or demonstrate this proclamation is we're not, we're not on a, we're not, trying to earn points to heaven. Mm-hmm. We are people who spend an inordinate time praising and thanking Jesus for our salvation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's him, right? We, we, we're, we should be the greatest pointers to Jesus. Like, that sounds weird. I'm trying to think then, what are we talking about? The, I was going to do a President Trump, like hugely. No, I'm just kidding. Or hugely. The, the, no, but that's our, that's our, that's our idea. If, if people know us as Christians, mm-hmm. as Christians, it shouldn't be, oh, yeah, those are the people that are trying to do good works. No, no, no. We're, we're the people who keep pointing to Jesus. Right. Because he's the one that's done it all for us. Yes. And, and we have such joy because of the peace we have with God through Jesus. Yeah. I mean, even, even your good works, right? Yeah. You give Christ the credit. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing this because I'm saved. Right. Because of what Jesus did, yes. not because I'm trying to earn his favor. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. But wait, there's more. <laughs> I throw in a bunch of Romans, right? So, it's so good. I know, Keep it's going, so good. Yeah. Romans 8.1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no con- condemnation. Now, the, I, don't, I don't know, but th- those are some of the most beautiful words written. In Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. I'm not. I, go back to Genesis chapter 3. They eat of the fruit. They understand, their eyes are open, they understand their nakedness, this idea of they're vulnerable, they've been caught, they, they know they're in the wrong. The wrath of God is upon them. They've ex- this is extreme. It's not just disappointment, but they deserve death, and they're going to be judged by God who calls to them, where are you? Oh, that's awkward. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. They stand condemned, mm-hmm. and God forgave them and covered their sin with a uh, sacrifice, right? They're, they've been covered. There's, there's this peace. There's no condemnation. I, I can go before God, and I'm not condemned. Now, how is this demonstrated? If someone has confessed their sins, 
and have been forgiven by God, they are forgiven indeed, and there's no condemnation from him, and so there shouldn't be condemnation from us as well. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that demonst- the gospel demonstrates is that we accept repentant sinners, and it's just, and it's, we, and we don't hold their sin against them. Mm-hmm. They've been forgiven by God. They should, they're forgiven by us. Mm-hmm. Right? What a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is vastly different from a current trend right now where people demand that the church ought to accept sinners and the sin they do. Yes. No, if you're still in sin, you're condemned. You stand in your condemnation. Mm-hmm. The Word of God says, don't do this. And if you're not going to repent of that, you stand condemned. Mm-hmm. There's no salvation for you. There's the, right? So rather, so this is the, this is the hard part. Our world today, it, that sounds very intolerant, and evidently that's a sin. That's not, it's not in the Bible, folks. It's not in the Bible. The Bible has God's word that says this is what's right and this is what's wrong. This is good. This is evil. And our world loves evil. And the, the temptation is, is for people to say, oh, it's okay. We, we're Christians. We love. So you're fine. You're Christian. You know, you're good. We're good. We're all good. Well, that's not the gospel. This is why, and I, okay, please hear me. This is why the church has lost such influence in our world today is because we've gone with the cultural, we've, we've gone with the cultural understandings of what good and evil are instead of holding fast to what God has said, there's no power. Mm-hmm. If, if, if people who, if there are churches today that are holding on to um, their sin and instead of repenting of their sins so they can be right with God, have decided to reject God's word so that they can hold on to their sin and just kind of have this pseudo pretend kind of thing where, oh, look, we're love. You know, love is love, and we're all going to love, and there's no condemnation here. Well, that's not, that's a false gospel. Mm-hmm. You're, you come to God as a sinner and confess your sin. I am a sinner. I'm caught up in this kind of sexual immorality or this kind of, um, you know, whatever the sin is. And this is, and I'm condemned because of it, but I come to Jesus and place it at his feet and, and we're forgiven. Now there's no condemnation because you've rejected your sin and held fast to God and his grace, right? There's mm-hmm. no, so we, we don't condemn, but that's the demonstration of the gospel. So if you're in a church right now and you know what they've done is they've jettisoned the laws of God to follow off out after cultural tolerance and somehow called that love, you are in the wrong church. You, that's, that's a false church. And, and you need to flee. But the demonstration of the gospel, again, we call sin, sin. And man, when you've repented of your sin, it is so good because there's no condemnation in Jesus. And then lastly, Romans 8, 38 through 39, which is a wonderful aspect of the gospel. I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, 
in him, you are eternally secure. You're not, right? I had, I, I'll tell you, I, I had, um, my mom had dementia and um, Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And to see her deteriorate, and uh, I'll back up a little bit even further, um, about a decade earlier, she had cancer. And after the chemo that she had, um, her personality was different. Mm. It changed her personality. She had a, she had a bit of a, an edge to her, right? My, my mom was always a very kind woman. She was always kind. I, I mean, it just, um, I remembered when, when, uh, she passed away and there was like articles in the paper, how many, how many people from my neighbor, my old neighborhood, uh, Facebook, you know, on Facebook was telling me, and they just talked about the, their memories of my mom and how she taught them things and vacation Bible school and all this stuff. She was, she was just a kind woman. And here she is in her old age and, um, and she's mean. Mm. And, and then the Alzheimer's and the frustration and it was really hard. Mm -hmm. It was very hard to see. Um, and my, my, my dad just always telling us like, that's, that's the dementia. That's not your mom. That's the dementia. And you just kind of go, Oh my goodness. So here, here's the thing. Um, neither death nor life, uh, neither powers high through depths, not even dementia and cancer. None of that stuff can separate us from God, mm -hmm. from the love of God. My mom is in the savior's hands and, and I will, I mean, it, it scares me to death that that might be me someday, mm -hmm. right? Be, being mean. I don't want to be mean to my wife, mean to my kids. I don't want to have stuff, but what happened? It might happen. I might not be in my right mind. I might cook. Well, <clears throat> the students at Providence think this might happen any day now, but, um, <laughs> Maybe you know, it already has. I might go crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Here's the, here's the thing. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. Nothing, none of that can separate me from the love of God um, that it's in Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm, my salvation is sure. I, I will be with him. My mom is with him. It's, it's, it's good. How is this proclaimed? How is this demonstrated? Right? How is this demonstrated? I, I think again, um, there, there should be, uh, talk of assurance. I think they're one of the greatest things about singing hymns <clears throat> and maybe, uh, you know, maybe people at our church are listening to this, uh, who are on the worship team. Um, there is, there is something beautiful about hymns where you're singing aloud about your death. Right. Um, and, uh, to see people who are in older age singing about death and when I die, right. And when, you know, it's just, it's just a thing. Where else in the world do you talk about your death? Mm -hmm. Where do you, where do you have the time to, to prepare for dying? The church should be that place. Mm -hmm. We're confident. Nothing's going to separate us from him. So we can talk about it. Yeah. We can talk about the hard things. We could talk about mental illness. We could talk about, dementia we could talk about uh horrible things that might happen to us because they might mm -hmm. and we can we can talk about it with some sort of confidence and peace because we know that we're eternally secure 
in the love of God in Jesus Christ. Right? So if we're going to if if we're going to proclaim this gospel it ought to be demonstrated in the culture of the church. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is this is what the king wants. He wants us to proclaim this gospel to so that people all peoples will know the good news and can receive such good news and be joined into into his church and have this peace with God that lasts forever. A new life that starts today mm-hmm. and, and goes on to eternity. And, and I'll tell you, if you're listening today, you've, this is the first time you've heard the gospel in this way. And, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know what to do now. Uh, contact us. Mm-hmm. Give us, um, go to our website, palatineinstitute.org. Um, I think uh, you should be able to do that through the um, through any of the podcast uh, things that you see. Uh, contact us. We'd, we'd love to get in touch with you. Um, go to our uh, Facebook page, Palatine Institute. Um, you could message us. You could do whatever. Uh, we'd love to help you. We'd love to connect you to a church, uh, gospel uh, preaching and believing church. Um, don't don't let it um, don't that let it go. Don't don't dismiss it. Listen to the podcast again. Um, you know, boy, we'd love to help. If if you haven't been to church in years, man, it might the Sunday might just be a great time to go. <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, uh, put on good clothes. <laughs> just that's a joke. <laughs> that's your a Sunday best. Jo- yeah, your Sunday best. <laughs> that was a little joke, but but please go. Don't don't uh, dismiss what. Uh, you know in your heart has been something that's pulling you towards him Um, but seek him Uh, seek him all right I think that's it until next week yes